In our second reading, St. Paul writes to the Colossians and he says, Wives, be subordinate to your husbands. I think that's my dad's favorite line in the Bible. I, I think I heard him say that. But you know this word, uh, subordinate? Yeah, it could be easily misunderstood. Uh, part of it is a translation issue. But subordinate, the, the proper interpretation, understanding of it is to be under the mission of. And what exactly is the mission of the husband? Well, it's simply to love his wife. Uh, St. Paul elaborates more in his letter to the Ephesians by saying, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Basically, husbands are called to lay down their lives for their wives. That's the mission. And with this proper understanding of being subordinate, you know, what wife wouldn't want to be committed to such a relationship, such a vocation of love? So both husbands and wives should be in a relationship where there's a mutual exchange of selfless love following the example of the love Christ had and has for his church. It's a good time, I think, to, for us to talk about, you know, what is it, this love exactly? What's the definition of love according to the church? Because I think a proper understanding of it, it could help our families grow in holiness like the holy family. So here's the church's definition. It comes from St. Thomas Aquinas. It's willing the good of the other as other. And now some of you may be thinking, huh, that sounds kind of strange. That's not very romantic sounding. Yeah, it may be true, but it's the definition that is true and faithful to what God has revealed to us. Willing and choosing the good of the other as other, yeah, it's a definition that rules out any chance for selfishness to creep in. You know, I'm doing this because it's truly good for the other person and doesn't necessarily benefit myself, right? So it's totally for the other. By the way, what is the highest good? Right? What's the best thing that could ever happen to someone? It's a life with God in this life and forever with him in the next. The best thing that could ever happen to someone is that they go to heaven and enjoy eternal happiness. Authentic Christian love, it helps the other person get to heaven. Let's say for example, yeah, I'm making poor decisions that lead me down the wrong path. Let's say, you know, I'm addicted to drugs. 
Um, yeah, sure, I may be responsible uh, for the most part for the poor situation that I'm in. But, you know, once you're under you know, that, those chains of, of addiction, it, you can't help yourself, right? So in this situation, love demands that the people around me, my family and friends, including all of you, yeah, do whatever it takes to help me for my own good, regardless of the personal cost, right? So, you know, if I'm in denial and you, you know, out of charity, say, hey, Father Leo, you know, you bring this issue to me. I think, I think you might need help. Um, yeah, I might get mad at you, right? And I might deny it, but and it also may strain our relationship, but love demands that you try to help me, right, for my good, so that I could get to heaven. With your friends looking at the Holy Family shows us what a family united in love looks like. A healthy family cons should consist of people who are trying to will the good of each other and mutually grow in holiness. In today's gospel, we hear that Joseph and Mary, they bring Jesus to Jerusalem to present him, to consecrate him to the Lord. And most of the parents here among us have done something very similar by having their children baptized. And most of us, too, um, have experienced the same thing when our parents brought us to be baptized. Our baptism was when we became consecrated to God, like set apart to be holy. And so parents have this awesome responsibility of raising their children as children of God and not, of, not as children of this world. Parents are called to raise their children according to the values of the gospel rather than the values of the world, values such as um, consumerism, secularism, relativism. Yeah, the, it, the list of isms go on. Uh, there should be a selfless outpouring of love for one's children. And this kind of love, it stirs children to honor and respect their parents. Parental love, when healthy and holy, it's meant to point to the love of our Heavenly Father. So, um, yeah, at this point, you know, I know I have been preaching and speaking about ideals, right? You may be thinking, Father Leo, uh, you don't know my family. You haven't met them. Yeah, do you really think my family can be holy? There's a proverb, an ancient proverb, that says, not one family can put a sign outside their home that says, no problems in here. 
And nobody can say that. Every family experiences some level of conflict. Even the Holy Family, Joseph, Jesus, and Mary, they too experience problems. For starters, the Holy Family early on, yeah, they became homeless. Mary gave birth to the child Jesus in a messy stable surrounded by animals. She had to lay him in a manger, right? At Christ's birth, shortly after Christ's birth, King Herod tries to murder him. Imagine, you know, just having had a newborn and then being forced to flee because your family isn't safe. Nobody dreams about being a refugee. But as the gospel tells us, Joseph and Mary, they had no choice. They took their child and fled to Egypt. So 12 years later, Jesus was lost in the temple. And the gospel tells us that Mary and Joseph They weren't very happy. In fact, they experienced great anxiety. What makes the Holy Family holy? That's a number of things. Of course, it's that God is at the center of their lives. You know, Christ is at the center of that family. But it's also that they endured every trial together, and they didn't give up. Yet they were united in sincere love for one another. They willed each other's good. So being homeless, being refugees, losing a child in a crowd, these are stressful things. But we never hear Mary and Joseph shouting at each other or blaming each other. Instead of fighting with each other, they fight for one another. And there's a world of difference between being stressed and being divided. Every family is stressed from time to time, but that's life. Families must choose to be united and face the challenges life throws together instead of choosing to be divided. And what causes stress in my family? What threatens to divide my family? Yeah, maybe it's the venom of addiction. Maybe it's an untimely death, troubled finances, a daunting illness, an absentee spouse, either physically or emotionally. Maybe it's a teenager who hates the world. Like the Holy Family, We must choose the good for each other and fight for one another. There are three basic and important things I think we can say to one another to cultivate, right? A loving and holy family. And those three things are, thank you, I'm sorry, and I love you. I think we could also add to that the word please. 
Not one family, not even the holy family can say, put a sign outside their house that says, no problems in here. But you know, even an imperfect home, it could be happy, it could be blessed and holy if everyone is willing to sacrifice and to love selflessly. So as we approach, as we approach uh, the new year, we may be making up our list of resolutions. Yeah, let's make this one of our top ones. To recommit ourselves to loving, sacrificing, and serving one another, serving our family members, yeah, whatever the cost may be.